Chapter Eight of Seven Autumn Leaves from Fairyland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Whisk. Seven Autumn Leaves from Fairyland by E. Cunningham. Chapter Eight Little Curly. Once in fairy tale times, there lived a little girl named Curly because her hair curled so nicely and she was blue-eyed and golden-haired she lived with her father and mother near the seashore and her father built ships not far off there was another house and in that were an old woman and a donkey about whom no one knew anything except that they were very much away from home now in truth this old woman was a naughty fairy who caught all the boys and girls she could turned them into seagulls and sent them to live on a rock way off in the ocean where they had to lay eggs and every egg had a great diamond in it but the old fairy could not catch any one who did not come to her of their own accord and although she had often asked curly if she wouldn't have a ride on her donkey curly said no and ran away for the old creature was ugly and cross-looking and besides curly's mother had told her not to go to her but many were the little boys and girls she had caught by means of her donkey in other places and a sad time they were having off there on the lonely rock ever so many thousand miles away at last one day when curly was picking cowslips in the meadow she looked up and saw the old fairy come child says she and have a ride on the nice donkey curly immediately turned to run home and have some stuffed cakes said the old woman now curly liked stuffed cakes rather too much and when she heard that she stopped to consider the end of it was in a little while she was riding along on the donkey to the old woman's house very naughty wasn't it when her mother had told her never to go there the cakes were very nice but while she was eating the wicked old woman slipped a white feather into her ear and the next second there was a white gull and little curly was gone altogether in her fright she flew into the air and immediately a fierce hawk began to follow her and drove her away from the green land away away across the sea until she was glad to rest on the rock of diamonds there she found many other gulls white black and brown but they could not talk with each other they could only scream and twitter and it was a very cold and miserable place after the nice green land curly's mamma and papa soon missed her and looked through the fields and woods in vain then they began to fear the old fairy had caught her but there was no use asking her she would only call them bad names so in their distress they remembered a good fairy who lived on a mountain a long way off and was always ready to help good people the builder put on his best shirt and shoes and hat and hurried off with a piece of bread and an apple in his pocket lest he should get hungry on the way he had a long way to go and by night he was hungry and eat his bread but he walked on all night and when morning came he was more hungry still and pulled out his apple just then he saw a poor little crooked old man sitting on a bank by the roadside and because he had a very kind heart when he found the old man had had no dinner for three days he gave him the apple and went on hungry at noon he reached the fairy on the mountain when she heard his story she considered a while then she brought him a little arrow trimmed with green feathers curly is somewhere on the sea she said where i don't know but build a ship without a crossword put this arrow on the bow and sail where it points it will carry you where she is then you must yourself find her and catch her and when you have her 
To come back will be harder than to go. That's all the help any fairy can give you. After this long answer, not another word would she say to the poor papa. He took the arrow with a sad heart, for how could he build a ship soon enough, and that without a cross word? For the workmen were rude and quarrelsome, and many were the hard words given over the littlest boat they ever built. He traveled along, very tired, chewing leaves and roots to stop his hunger, for he had nothing to eat. Halfway home he came to an old woman who had fallen and sprained her ankle. Ah, she cried, how shall I ever get home to my little grandchildren, and without me they will die. Tired as the good builder was, he took her up on his back and lugged her many a weary mile until at last he put her down at her own door. Good man, she said, I haven't much to give you, but here's a little box that may serve you some day. He thanked her, but when he looked in the box and found only a grain of barley, he laughed and thought it would never serve him much. However, he screwed on the top and carried it home to his wife. Before night he went to his shipyard, tired as he was, and laid down the keel for a little ship, and then returned home to bed, thinking that he would build her all himself, that there might be no cross words. In the morning, when he came with his axe and saw, behold, there was the little ship half-built, and the little crooked man that had eaten his apple hard at work. The good builder saw at once it was one of the woodmen come to help him, so he said no word, but took off his coat and went to work. Never before did a little ship grow so fast, and when night came she was all finished, tight and trig with masts and yards of ropes and sails. Before he could be thanked, the woodman was gone, but the builder never forgot to thank him night and morning for the rest of his life. The next day he hired some sailors, launched the ship into the water, fastened the arrow on the bow, bid good-bye to his wife, who kissed him many times and cried very much, to think she also could not go to find poor little Curly, and then away they sailed out of sight of land. They sailed and they sailed, days and nights, and the arrow turned on the bow if they went wrong, and at last, one bright morning, they came to the lonely rock with seagulls flying about it, and the sea dashing against its foot. Then the small boat was lowered into the water, and Curly's papa went ashore. He found the rock covered with eggs, but he looked in vain for Curly. She was not in any nook or cavern, and when he called, no voice answered. Only all the time the gulls circled about his head and screamed and fluttered. At last, one snow-white gull flew suddenly down upon his shoulder and then nestled in his breast. And then he knew this must be Curly. And when he looked at her closely, he found a little circle of curly feathers around her neck. Meantime, the sailors had broken the eggs and found a diamond in each and were very glad. But the builder said they were witches' diamonds and they had better have none of them. But the foolish sailors loaded their pockets with them. Then the builder called aloud to the seagulls that all could come that liked with the ship, and they flew in a great cloud and settled on the masts and spars. But the builder was so afraid of losing Curly that he made a strong cage and kept her in the cabin all the time, and then they tried to sail home. But now came great storms, and they were blown hither and thither, for the old fairy knew that all her birds were with the ship, and she wanted to sink it with all the people 
and then the birds would have to go back to the rock every day the good builder fed the birds which the sailors did not like for they feared by and by there would not be enough food for them so they wanted to shoot the birds for all they cared for was to get home with their diamonds but the builder would not let any bird be shot or driven away he felt sure they were all little boys and girls like curly so they sailed on always getting nearer home though the storms tossed them about now the old fairy had made a great whirlpool in the sea hoping to catch the ship in it and sink her and they were sailing towards it and began to hear a great roar like much water falling and the ship was drawn by the water faster and faster to the whirlpool and there was no wind to help them away and now it seemed as if they must be swallowed up but suddenly the gulls all rose into the air and spread their great wings they seized on the ropes with their bills and flew and pulled and turned the ship and then being many thousands they at last towed her quite away into the safe ocean again but they had to fly so hard they were nearly dead with exertion and for several days lay about the deck as if they could never fly again then came a pleasant wind and they sailed on by and by one dark night all saw a light ahead and then the captain and sailors cried for joy for they said that is the lighthouse on our own land and now we shall soon be safe at home but in truth it was a great flame made by the cruel fairy on a rock on purpose the sailors might mistake it for their light and so run the ship on the rocks the seagulls with their bright eyes saw what it was but how could they tell the captain for they could not speak they fluttered and twittered and at last they all rose up from the ship one great gray cloud of flapping wings and flying to the flame they flew against it and brushed it out with their breasts then the sailors could no longer see the light and they knew then it was not their lighthouse which never went out so they turned on one side and were saved but the cruel old fairy was not done yet when the ship had come within one hundred miles of home she placed some rocks under the water just so they could not be seen and that time the seagulls could not see either for the blue and smooth sea covered these rocks and so they were sailing prosperously along suddenly without warning the good ship struck hard against the sharp rocks and a hole was made and the water rushed in and she sank the good builder had time to take curly out of the cage and having tied a string to her leg he fastened her to his own neck so that she could sit on his shoulder and by that time the ship sank so fast he was in the water the sailors also having first put their diamonds in their pockets were in the water but alas the diamonds being witches diamonds were heavier than millstones and they were all drowned the builder would have been drowned too for it was a hundred miles from land and no man can swim a hundred miles unhelped but now the seagulls helped him they flew over his head and fastened their feet in his hair and held him up changing with each other as they came near the land the fairy sent her fierce hawk for if she could drown that good builder she would be glad and would have all her seagulls back again though they did not know that they only wanted to save him who had been so kind to them so when the fierce hawk swooped down to strike him hoping to tear out his eyes and kill him the birds flew above his head in a compact and solid mass through which he could not penetrate he tore their backs and broke their feathers and their blood fell into the sea but they would not open or give way 
and flew on and on, always holding up the poor hard-pressed builder so that he could keep his chin above water and swim on. Little Curly would have helped too, but she was tied and could only sit still on her papa's shoulders. At last, his feet touched the solid ground and he was safe. No sooner were they ashore than, behold, all the gulls turned again into little boys and girls, just as they were when the wicked old fairy beguiled them away, all except Curly, who, poor thing, sat on her papa's shoulder, only a little white seagull still. The little boys and girls were in great haste to return to their fathers and mothers, but they stayed to thank the good builder first, and to stroke and caress poor little Curly, and then they were off, each to his home, wondering, as they ran, why little Curly could not be changed back also. Our poor, tired builder hurried home, too, and his wife, who had sat always by the window looking for him, was so glad to see him that she cried now for joy, but she cried still more when she found her little Curly was only a white seagull. They made a little warm nest for her and put a basket up the chimney and shut all the doors and windows that the cruel hawk might not get in and carry her off. When the morning came, lo, there was a nice little egg in Curly's nest, but that only made the poor mother more sorry than ever. What, she said, is my little girl never to be anything else than a bird and lay eggs? Then they sent off a message to the good fairy on the mountain to ask what they could do, and why Curly was not changed back like the others. But the good fairy said that only good deeds could change her back, and that the other seagulls had their deliverance for their three good acts. First, when they broke their bills pulling the ship from the whirlpool. Second, when they burnt themselves in the fire. And third, when they bore the cruel strokes of the hawk, all to save their friend, and without knowing they were helping themselves. Then they considered how they could do good deeds. But they could not go out, for there was the great hawk always watching for a chance to seize poor Curly, and neither her papa nor mamma dared to leave her. And so the days passed on, and every day Curly laid a little white egg, and her mother put them away in a dark closet, because she could not bear to see them. At last they had eaten up all of their food. First the meat went, then the bread, then the potatoes. Then they found there was nothing left, and they were afraid to go out. It seemed as if they must all die together. They grew more and more hungry, and now they had been three days without any food at all. Little Curly lay on her side with her eyes half closed, and her papa and mamma could no longer get up from the bed except to crawl along the floor. Just at the third day, the good builder, looking round the room, as he thought for the last time, saw on the shelf the little box from the old woman. Ah, he thought, there's a grain of barley. I will give it to Curly. So he crawled across the room, opened the box, and took out the grain of barley. Lo, in his hand it swelled into a beautiful barley cake, as large as one's fist. "'Wife!' he cried, and hastened to feed her. But she said quickly, "'You and Curly,' and shook her head and shut her teeth tight, and would by no means take any. Then he broke off a crumb and would have fed Curly, but she closed her bill and would sooner die than be fed when her dear mamma was dying of hunger. So finding neither would eat, he put the beautiful cake on the table and said, "'We will all die together, then.' Immediately the cake sank into the grain of barley.' 
Then the good builder understood. With a cry of joy, he caught up the grain and, opening Curly's bill by force, popped it in, and their own little maiden stood there before them. Little Curly lost no time. She opened the door, no longer afraid of the great hawk, in ever so few minutes she was out and back again with her apron full of blackberries and wild raspberries, and they soon brought her mamma and papa round to life. Then she hurried to the next house and got bread and milk, and by night they were all strong enough to hug and kiss each other and talk over all that had happened and be as happy as such good people deserved. But as they got over their first happiness, they began to find themselves very poor. While Curly's papa was away on the sea, other builders of ships had come, and he could now get no work to do. Then all the money they had had before had been spent in buying things for the ship that was lost. So Curly picked berries, and her mother went out and washed, and her father cut wood in the forest, but they all together got very little to eat. One evening, as Curly was rummaging in the closets in the wall, she came on a whole heap of little white eggs. See, Mama, she cried, these nice eggs, why don't you cook them for supper? For she knew nothing of what she did and what happened to her when she was a little seagull. Oh, said her mother, perhaps they are mice's eggs and you must not touch them. But just then, one rolled from the heap and falling on the floor broke and out fell a brilliant diamond. At first they could not believe their eyes, but when they broke the other eggs one after the other and each held another and another, then there was joy and happiness, you may believe. Now their troubles were over. They sold the diamonds one by one, and when they were all sold, there was so much money that it could not be counted. They had a nice, pleasant house and garden, and horses and cows and sheep, and what they liked better than all, they always had something for the poor travelers. And so, after all, it turned out very well that little Curly became a seagull. But if the good builder and his wife had not been so kind to all they met, all the more when poor, ragged, and miserable, and if they had eaten up the cake when so hungry, instead of each trying to make the others eat, then perhaps it would not have turned out so well. There isn't any fighting in that story, says Jack. You ought to tell another. Oh, it's better than fighting ever so much, and Curly is the dearest darling of them all. All the girls in chorus. End of chapter 8. Recording by Jennifer Whisk. End of Seven Autumn Leaves from Fairyland by E. Cunningham.